Before we get started with the message, I just want to take a moment and draw your attention to the shirt I'm wearing. This shirt is actually the shirt that was worn by our teenagers who were part of the mission, actually grades 6 through 12. Right here in Saxonburg, New Life students on an annual basis has what's called the mission, a week-long mission trip right here in the community. They go out from, they stay here at the church building, they go out into the community and they do various acts of ministry and service in the name of Jesus. And they also were a great help with our 20th anniversary celebration on Friday evening and the fireworks on Saturday evening. So at this time, I just wanted to say, look here, this is, this is a shout out to New Life students and to the mission and for their great work of advancing God's kingdom by sharing, growing, and living the new life of Jesus Christ with the world, actually with Saxonburg, one person at a time. As I prepared this week's message, I actually got emotional. I, uh, most of you probably know, who know me at least a little bit, know that I, I don't generally show a lot of, you know, like I don't cry very often, but I teared up as I thought about all that God has done through New Life Christian Ministries over the past 20 years. He has provided so many blessings to Nancy and me, uh, to our children, to our foster children, and, and to our, you, our New Life family over the years. He has provided supernatural blessings and he has used us to provide natural and supernatural blessings to one another. For those who are with us for the first time, watching online for the first time, I'm so glad you're with us, and I hope perhaps it'll be the beginning of maybe a decades-long relationship as some of us have had already here at New Life. Right now, we're going to be turning to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3 is uh, halfway through, or just about halfway through the letter to, that the Apostle Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia, and we're actually in the midst of a series. It's a 13-week series. We're in week five. It's called New Beginnings, Galatians, Freedom, and Fruit, and the purpose of the series is for us to see how the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to attempt to convince a group of people that he had led to become followers of Jesus through preaching the good news. They responded. He started the church. Then he had to leave. But there were problems, and he was trying to help them to remember. They didn't need the law of Moses and Jesus to have their salvation secure. They just needed Jesus. They also needed the Holy Spirit, who is present in every person who has been born again, to use Jesus' term for what happens when we experience that new life. But today, what Paul is going to do is he's going to show the Galatian believers and actually us that our faith is rooted not in the law of Moses, but in a faith that goes all the way back in the history of Israel to Abraham. If you're not familiar with the history of Israel, Abraham, who was originally known as Abram, is considered to be the father of the Jewish people. What Paul told the Galatian believers who were Gentiles, which simply means non-Jews at the time, is that they were also Abraham's children. I mean, you would think that the father of the Jews would be the father of the Jews. But what Paul is going to say is, no, Abraham is the father of every person who has faith in Jesus Christ. And he says, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you our child of Abraham. So let's look at today's take-home point to see where our focus lies. If you're new, again, the take-home point is the one point that I'm going to be making from today's scripture that we are going to want to take home and that we're going to want to reflect on it and pray through and live it out in the week ahead. So here it is. Our heritage as Abraham's children is a living faith in God. Our heritage as Abraham's children is a living faith in God. Heritage is a great word. 
According to dictionary.com, heritage means something that is handed down from the past as a tradition, something that comes or belongs to one by reason of birth, an inherited lot or portion. So this weekend, we're, today as a matter of fact, we're celebrating the heritage that we have as citizens of the United States of America, a heritage of freedom, political freedom, religious freedom. We have that heritage for nearly 250 years now. We've been celebrating here at New Life 20 years of a heritage of faith in Jesus Christ. But what we're going to find out today is that our heritage, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, goes back far more than 20 years. Those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ have a heritage that goes back nearly 4,000 years to Abraham. The Apostle Paul wanted the Galatian believers to wake up, frankly. They had a heritage of faith, but they were substituting it, you know, abandoning it for a yoke of slavery to the law of Moses. They'd been freed from sin and death and given new lives in Jesus' name. Paul couldn't bear to see those new lives wasted. Let's turn to Galatians 3 and see how fervently Paul appealed to the Galatians to get back on track. Before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your goodness and love. Thank you so much for these words that we've been working through in the letter to the Galatians, words that remind us of how freely you offer salvation to each and every one of us. As we read these words today, thank you for Abraham, for his willingness to put faith in you, which really means trust in you, even though he didn't really know you. God, we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we will put our full and complete trust in you today, tomorrow, and every day you give us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So if you have your Galatians study and prayer guide, you're gonna turn to page 14, and there you're gonna find Galatians chapter three, one to 14. If you don't have that, certainly your Bible or Bible app will have it. It will also be on the screen. Paul wrote, O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. What powerful images, right? First, Paul says, who cast a spell on you? Who bewitched you? I mean, what a clear picture. Paul is saying somebody has twisted your thinking, twisted your hearts. Who was it? And Paul knew the answer to the question. The Judaizers who we've been talking about, those people that said we needed Jesus plus the Mosaic law, they were part of the bewitchers, if you will, but also it was the devil. The devil is always involved. When there is deception, lies, we know that the devil's involved. But let's not, let's not worry too much about the source of the, the deception. Let's look at the second picture that Paul painted. He said, the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Now, nobody has ever seen a picture of Jesus' death on the cross, although there have been thousands of pictures or paintings made of Jesus' death on a cross. Dozens of movies have portrayed Jesus' death on the cross. In fact, right now, I bet you if you close your eyes and you just picture Jesus hanging on the cross, you can see that image, right? And the point is, for Paul, just as clearly as you and I can picture Jesus hanging on the cross, we can know his death purchased our freedom. Just as clearly as you can see that image, see this image, your life. Eternal life has been purchased by Jesus' death on the cross. So Paul had preached Christ crucified for our forgiveness, for our sins. The Galatians had received that message with joy. They had been born again, to use Jesus' term for what happens when that happens. 
and they had been given a new life. But now they were trading all of that for following a bunch of rules and regulations. So Paul continued, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. The Holy Spirit is God's presence in every believer. Paul wanted the Galatian believers to remember that the transformation that had taken place in their life, it had started on the inside. It was an internal change. The Holy Spirit had brought it about. The presence of the Holy Spirit does that for every single one of us. And that happens when we trust the message of good news that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose again from the dead, returned to heaven and sent his spirit on all who believe. That's what the good news is. And that's where our salvation comes. Amen. Few things in life are as clear and as simple as receiving the new life that Jesus offers us. And yet all too often, we forget that simplicity and the amazing reality of being made new from the inside out. It happened so quickly for the Galatian believers. Paul continued, how foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? How easy it is to move from Jesus plus nothing equals everything to Jesus plus something. Jesus told us unless we turn and become like little children, we'll never enter the kingdom of God. What is it about children that's so amazing? Well, children trust, children love, children live life all in. But you know what happens? Eventually children grow up. And what happens when they grow up? They whine. They want to be in control. They are we. Remaining childlike does not mean throwing tantrums when we don't get our own way. That is childish, not childlike. But all too often as we grow up in our faith, we forget the simple childlike reality that Jesus is all we need. Jesus and his spirit living in us and guiding us is all that we really need for us to live the abundant life that Jesus promised us in his name. The Galatian believers were abandoning all of that for a life of Jesus and. Not just Jesus in his, his love and truth and goodness in our lives, but Jesus and the Mosaic law. Jesus and circumcision for every male. Jesus and not eating certain foods and making sure you do eat in certain other foods. Jesus and dozens and dozens and dozens of rules and regulations. It makes no sense. But think about this. Neither does it make any sense when we add political allegiance or medical procedures or anything else to Jesus' death on the cross for our salvation. Paul hammered his point home by saying this. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. And there's the crux of the matter. Salvation is Jesus' gift to us and the Holy Spirit's presence leading in work among us are all gifts that flow from Jesus' original gift. Anytime that we make the gift of salvation and something and the Holy Spirit's workiness about something that we did or something that we added to it, we've missed the point. We don't and can't earn our salvation or any other gift God gives us. He is a loving heavenly father who wants our best and who proved it by sending his only son Jesus to purchase our freedom from sin and death. In case his readers missed it, the Apostle Paul went on to point out how God had been with people, not just since Jesus, but all the way back to Abraham. 
Abraham didn't receive his relationship with God through the law because the law of Moses wasn't even given till 400 years after Abraham. Abraham received his relationship with God as a gift. So it says this, in the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. Abraham believed God. That's the word we want to underline or circle or highlight. Believe. That's all it takes to become a member of God's family. That's what it takes to gain a heritage of faith. Paul put it down in black and white. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. I don't know about you, but that is so comforting to me. I don't have to earn my faith. I don't have to follow 10 or 20 or 600 rules in order to have God be in my life. All I have to do is believe in Jesus, not believe about Jesus, that there was a guy that lived 2,000 years ago, but to believe in him as savior of my life from sin. He rescued me from sin and death and rescued you from sin and death. And Lord, which means he gets to tell us how to live our lives because he is our savior, because he is God. That's what we get to do if we believe, as Abraham did, that God is real, and present in our lives. Paul continued, what's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. God didn't just call Abraham to be the father of one nation, the Israelites or the Jews. But what he did is he called Abraham and promised him that all nations will be blessed through you. We find that specifically in Galatians, or I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. The very first book of the Bible, in the very first book of the Bible, God tells us that he is going to bless all nations, not just the Jews, through Abraham. That's our heritage of faith because Abraham believed one day all of us get the opportunity to believe. I so appreciate being a citizen of the United States of America. I really do. And that heritage of freedom that we have. But my heritage as a child of Abraham means so much more. Think about it. This weekend, we're celebrating 20 years of heritage of faith as New Life Christian Ministries. Just about 250 years of heritage of freedom Religious freedom, political freedom as citizens of the United States of America. But both of those things are worth celebrating. But our heritage of faith in Abraham goes back before the time of Jesus, before the time of King David, all the way back 4,000 years ago. We have a heritage of faith that originated with a man who God said, I want you to leave your house and I want you to go to a place I'm going to show you. And Abraham didn't say, where is it? How, how long is it going to take? He just packed everything up, took his family and went. Because of that, he is our father when it comes to faith. We are children of Abraham. That's our heritage. And it's Jesus plus nothing who gives us that heritage today. In case the Galatians missed it, Paul stated it in the negative. You know how sometimes we don't get it when it's put in the positive, we have to hear the negative. And so here's what it says. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under the curse. For the scriptures say, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different 
from the way of law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. So if anyone wants to be made perfect through living the law, all they have to do is be perfect. Any of you perfect? I didn't think so. Neither am I. You know, Paul said to the the Christians in Rome, all have sinned, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're all imperfect. We've all turned away from God. And that puts us in a really bad place if the Judaizers convinced us that it was Jesus plus the law because the plus the law means we can't do it. It means we're going to fail. And that led Paul to his last point about Jesus' work on our behalf. He said, but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Our heritage of faith actually starts with a heritage of forgiveness. God forgave the curse that we were under for our wrongdoing because Jesus took that curse on himself. He was perfect, so he could die in our place. He was worthy to be a sacrifice for us. We were not worthy to be our own sacrifice. We certainly were never going to earn our way into heaven. And so God sent Jesus, and he didn't have to do it. I mean, how incredible is that? We turn away from God, and yet God turns to us and gives us the opportunity to have a heritage of forgiveness first, a heritage of faith second. And the final evidence of our heritage is the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. Paul put it this way, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. What a blessing. We get to experience God's presence in our lives by the Holy Spirit. It always comes back to that. We don't live according to the law as if anyone has ever accomplished that. And it isn't about giving up and doing nothing as if it doesn't matter how we live. It does matter how we live. It matters so much how we live. But it's about trusting Jesus as Savior and Lord, receiving the new life that he died and rose again to give us, and then living in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's leading is what transforms us from the inside out and gives us the supernatural ability to do what we can never do in our natural abilities. And it's all a gift that we receive as our heritage as children of Abraham. If that's how you wanna live this week, then here's today's next step. I will live my faith in the power of the Holy Spirit this week. I will live my faith in the power of the Holy Spirit this week. How important it is for us to live out our heritage right now, heritage right now and in the week ahead. Yes, we can live out our heritage as members of New Life Christian Ministries, and I hope we do. And yes, we can live out our heritage as members, citizens of the United States of America, and I hope we do. But the most important heritage of all is the heritage we have as children of Abraham. Let's live out that heritage today, tomorrow, and every day God gives us. Paul made it clear that faith is a gift, that the new life that we have, the heritage we have as children of Abraham comes through the blood of Jesus. If Jesus Christ is not Savior and Lord in your life, then you can't experience the heritage we're talking about today. If you have never trusted Jesus, Savior and Lord, if you've never received that heritage as a child of Abraham, you'd like to do it today. Here at New Life, we say it's simple, but it isn't easy. It's simple because there's just three little things we have to do. We say it's as simple as ABC. We need to admit that we're sinners that we haven't lived the life that God created us to live and we haven't fulfilled all the laws and we've probably broken many of them. 
we need to believe. As I said, not believe that there was a guy named Jesus that lived 2,000 years ago or that there was a guy named Abraham that lived 4,000 years ago, but believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, the son of the living God, that he is Lord, master, owner in our life and savior, that he has rescued us personally from sin and death. And then confess, C is confess our sins to God and confess to everyone around us that we're under new ownership. You know, that's the hard part. The hard part is, I mean, it's easy to just say, I admit, I believe I confess and to receive that new life to be born again. But then we actually have to live it out. I should say we get to live it out, but some days it feels like we have to. And it's a struggle. And that's why it's so easy to drift off into that legalism where we say, well, if I just do these things, then maybe I'm good enough. No, 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 no. It's hard to do. But the power of the Holy Spirit will be with us to give us the ability to do it. It's a lifelong process. And day by day by day, we grow more like Jesus as we give up our rights to ourselves. We admit, believe, and confess. And as we let the Holy Spirit lead. So I'm going to pray right now because ordinarily we would sing right now, but we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper in a moment. And I want to pray right now so that if any of you uh, would like to trust Jesus, your Savior and Lord, you could celebrate the Lord's Supper with us afterwards as a, as a brother or sister in our Lord Jesus. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray right now on behalf of anyone who's watching who has never trusted Jesus, Savior and Lord. Right now, God, I say with them, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm, I'm broken. I'm lost without Jesus. I believe that Jesus is God, that he's your son, that he's Lord and Savior. And I receive him as my Lord and Savior right now. And I confess to you, God, the sin of my life. I ask you to take it away. And I confess to anyone who will listen that I am a new person, that I belong to Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior, and I will follow him wherever he leads. Pray this in Jesus' name.